Hey guys, this is Ace Marrero, one of the producers and actors in Once Upon a Anonymous, parody slash spinoff of the ABC show Once Upon a Time. Hey guys, this is Erin Stegman. I am the creator and director, and I play Emma in the ABC Once Upon a Time spoof slash parody Once Upon a Anonymous. And you're listening to... And this is... The Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. Land lovers, this here be the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. This be an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC TV show Once Upon a Time. Now, this here be the main show episode where we give our further thoughts of the amazing Once Upon a Time episode we watched last Sunday. Now, if you called in or emailed in, you might be hearing your thoughts in the podcast. So keep a ready eye out for it. And now, let's take a closer look at all the Once Upon a Time treasure we found. Here is Captain and First Mate of the Once Upon a Time podcast. And now, Captain, permission to come aboard? Permission granted. Just don't let any flying monkeys on. That's right. Can't have any flying monkeys coming no with you. No way. That would be bad. So we need like a TSA for flying monkey check on the boat. Right. So, but you can leave your shoes on. Yeah, we don't cool. make you take your shoes off. This is the once upon well, a actually, time. No, we do. Remember, take That's off one right. shoe. Take off one shoe. But it's not required. It's, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a, a sign of I'm willing to party kind of a thing. Yes, Welcome, everyone, to the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. I am still Jeff Roney, and I am still joined by the lovely, the wondrous... Colleen Roney. And this is the main show, as Quartermaster Juan Forth has already said. And I do want to thank Ace and Aaron for that wonderful ID for our podcast. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. And we will be hearing a little bit more from Aaron Stegeman. From the Once Upon uh, Anonymous parody mm-hmm. that uh, many of you know of. And if not, you should check it out. This is podcast number 210210. Can you imagine such a thing? I can. The show notes can be found at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 210. That's where you can find all the links and pictures and things that were sent in by Awesome listeners. We mm-hmm. got a bunch of really cool posts and statuses and emails and voicemails and just yep. all kinds of stuff. Yep, yep, yep. So we're going to be talking about Witch Hunt, mm-hmm. this main show. And before we go there, we need to take care of some business. And I'm feverishly looking for the news Item that I am not finding. Ah, well. Hmm. I guess. I guess I thought I did not need it, but I did. <laughs> that's all I could find. Yeah, that's all I could find. Actually, this is huge. This is big news. Per Entertainment Weekly Online mm-hmm. and Adam Horowitz, we will be getting. A two-hour finale Woo-hoo. on May 11th. Woohoo! Now, <clears throat> uh, I, again, 
you know, this has been kind of said and announced and all this. I still, according to the information I have, it's going to be not a two-hour episode. It's going to be the last two episodes played back-to-back Huh. on May 11th. Huh. That's the information that I have. You know, I wish I could call Adam Horowitz and say, okay, can you please explain? Because if I remember correctly, they've done that before with finales, you know, mid-season and whatever, where they play like a recap beforehand. No, no, no. The, no. Okay. Uh, specifically, uh, he was asked, is this a recap and the final episode? And he said, no, this is two full hours. Sweet. But uh, again, the, the the question that I have, is it... Is it um, episode 21 and 22 of season three mm-hmm. played one after the other? Or is is it episode 22 completely two hours long? That's the question that I still have. Yeah. So, again, according to the information that I have based on the mm. dates, based on the, the statement of we're going to get 11 episodes. The last date is May 11th. Mm-hmm. And if you count. The episodes, the only way it could work, unless there's some other thing, is that we're going to be seeing 21 and 22 on May 11th. Uh, for us in the West Coast, U.S., one at 8, 8 o'clock, the other at 9 o'clock. And I know that there's different time zones and different things, so that's why I specified. Right but, it's still, but it's still exciting news. We get basically a sneak peak you know at an episode that we would normally have to wait right a week so right that is fantastic and it's good to be a oncer these days wouldn't you agree oh very much so and the rest out there wouldn't you agree that's what i thought uh now this here be views from the deck take it away coppin and first mate we shall. And we just rewatched Witch Hunt. Yes. And you had a couple of thoughts that you were going to share. Well, <clears throat> yes. Because originally I thought that we, we originally talked about the fact that we thought the blood, she was yes. collecting the blood so she could open the door. But she's already in the castle, which again was kind of confusing at first. But then when we saw it again, we realized, oh, you know what? Actually, it's she was she was there. So. What I find interesting is that now I started to think, well, wait a minute. Why else would she need the blood? She needs it for something. And I thought, I wonder if she needs it in order to take away her green face when she gets to Storybrooke. Could be. So that she takes on. And will that, if that's the case, will that give her the ability to shapeshift to look like Regina? Yes. And uh, later on, we're going to hear, well, I'm going to read a comment from Brad that, and you also uh, mentioned it as well, is her green emerald brooch brooch uh, or pendant uh, pendant that she's wearing. Um, I think it was a... It's a pendant in fairytale world, but it looks like it's a brooch pinned to her... Um, is she wearing a scarf? Anyway, she, that could be a source of power as well. I would agree with that. Because she's always with that. She's always yeah. wearing it. She seems to have that with her at all times. And so uh, 
so yes, Tammy on Twitter actually um, let us know she was already in the castle and all right. that. So unless there's a time uh, frame where she got that first and then she cast a curse, I don't know that for sure. That's the thing. But but let's kind of go with the fact of she somehow got into the castle, <clears throat> got through the blood ma- blood magic, and let's assume that they are in fact sisters. That yeah. They, they, they were, she was telling the truth. Okay. I, I just, as a side note, I don't buy things automatically because right. people say it. I'm always a little leery. And so that's why I had my comments right. last No, time. I would agree with you because so. I, it's hard to tell whether she's trustworthy or not. She does not seem to be right. very trustworthy. And yet the funny thing about her is she reminds me a little bit of Jack Sparrow in that respect. Yes. Sparrow would say things that seemed completely outrageous and they were the truth. Mm-hmm. So if in fact she's kind of pulling a Jack Sparrow on us, Let's assume she is. Then she and Regina are half sisters, which means my money is on Rumpel's her dad, and he doesn't know. Or it. correct, or Rumpel is just the teacher of the magic, right? And but then who's her dad? That's a very good question, and and so then you would start to think, well, who else hasn't been announced as yet? Uh, if if Rumpel is in fact the Wizard of Oz, and that would tie him, but if Rumpel is not. Then the Wizard of Oz is yet to be revealed. Revealed, right. Could be her father. Now, so we were kind of talking about this while we rewatched it. Perhaps the green skin is a curse. Yes. Perhaps Regina's blood would allow, like you said, allow her to remove that. So perhaps Cora is her mother. And when she was born by whoever the, the father was there. Right. Um, and she was sent away, like uh, Zelina was saying, because she had green skin, because she couldn't be queen in that way with the green skin. <clears throat> she was sent to Oz or Kansas, because we did see her in, I guess, present-day look in what appeared to be Kansas. Nope. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no on that. Okay. I know it looked like it could have been, but I. But she is in Storybrooke. I don't think she's in Kansas. Okay. I think she's in Storybrooke. I All think right. she found a remote little area <clears throat> and has a cellar down there. All right. And I believe that's that's Storybrooke because she's wearing the same exact clothing she was wearing with Mary Margaret. Okay. All right. So, um, but here's here's the thing. I want to. I'm. It's coming back to me, and I need to go back and look at it and watch that episode. But remember the episode where we? It was I believe it was the Miller's daughter. Mm-hmm. Right, where Cora and Rumple were in the room, and she was telling him, or they were outside, and she was telling him she was going to pull her heart out. She wanted to leave. She wanted to have his baby. Right. She wanted to have his baby. Right. Okay. So I'm thinking, maybe she did. Okay. Maybe that's the whole point. She knew she was having his baby, and she had to go away in secret. Before she married, or, 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 she did actually, she was actually pregnant when she married the first, hen, you know, when she married Henry, right. and when the baby came out and was green, he knew it was Rumpel's and made her get rid of it. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so, that wouldn't be the first time that has happened. Yes. And um, I, I did want to bring up uh, a couple of things is, you know, sibling rivalry is, you know, all kinds of literature. 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, Bible, Shakespeare, all kind of famous stories have this whole sibling rivalry. Right. And so if, in fact, she is telling the truth, then it would kind of make sense. You know, the the cast aside or the sent away sibling coming back to reclaim what they feel is theirs. Right, because typically the firstborn was one who inherited things. And this right. is, I mean, that's just throughout history. So that being the case, she feels like Regina got everything she should have had as the firstborn. And mm-hmm. because she was rejected by right. her mother and probably Regina's father. I, I still, I'm starting to like that idea that they are sisters, that they are really and truly sisters, but that it's Rumpel's baby. Cause how freaking awesome would that be? Rumpel thinks he has only Bay, and now he's got right. a daughter, yeah. potentially a daughter who she's got the reddish gold hair. Mm-hmm. She's got the green skin, right? The, it would fit. You know, she is in, in, uh, in some respects, she is the Ishmael. Of the story, sure, the firstborn, but not the true chosen, chosen firstborn. Right, right. So again, we've seen this in many, many, many stories, sure, many, many bits of literature. So we we're seeing this whole sibling rivalry come uh, really full circle, and I think it's a great it's a great theme to kind of run in here. And um, you know, hey, I, if I was wrong about her actually being the sister, I've not been the first time. No, so I mean, no. Well, I, believe me, I thought, I thought for sure she was lying about it. Yeah, yeah. But now I'm starting to think maybe she's being truthful because again, mm-hmm. it just sounds so fantastical. And then you're like, no, I I'm pretty sure Regina's like thinking to herself, nah, my mom would have told me something like that. But yeah. then knowing knowing that she's green, which again means she could be cursed because again, Rumple is cursed, right? And that would pass on to his child because he had Bay before he had her. Yeah. Well, we assume. We don't know. So so there's so many questions, and so again, many things. Oh, wait. To... Let's think that through for half a second. So Bay wasn't before Zelina. Or was he? Well, I, it would appear. He was. He was. Okay. He was absolutely before Zelina. He was before all of them because Rumpel wasn't cursed until after Bay took off. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, Mm -hmm. Bay is definitely the oldest of the three kids, if, in fact, Zelina is his child. Then there's Zelina, and then Regina's the baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very good. Makes for a real interesting family tree, doesn't it? The the family tree that's been wild so far, and now it's even wilder. (laughs) Yep. So again, the the premise of this podcast has always been this is all of us working this out together. And so that's why we do the first thoughts is just us talking. This is now we fold in everyone else's thoughts and we have some great uh, thoughts Mm -hmm. as well. And so that's why the feedback is so important and that's why we ask and that's why we have a lot of different ways for you to get in touch with us. Uh, So you know, again, um, we appreciate that, but that's what this show really, uh, this podcast is all about. So, could the Charming's baby be Dorothy? That's kind of an interesting uh, theory that's uh, floating around. What do you think? Um, well, I suppose it's possible because we don't know. We don't know what's coming. Right. We, we don't know where in the storyline this is happening. Mm-hmm. Has Zelina already run into Dorothy at this point? 
obviously not because she's still around. She's not doused with water. Right. Uh, you know, and, and we'll talk briefly and we'll get back. Is I mean, I, I don't know what if things switch and what if Grumpy knew the kind of classical version. Right. But what if Zelina is the house dropping on? You know what I mean? What if they switched it? And so somebody's going to throw water on her and it's like, oh, you thought I was the other one? No. And here's the other thing. If, in fact, that's the case, I mean, there's another one? Right. Yet another sister? Right. Could there be twins? See, and that'd be a great reveal at the end of the season is that they've been battling this one all this time. And then, oh, you thought I was the only one? Oh, no. Yeah. You haven't met my other sister. Just wait. And then end. Right. Done. Yep. Right. Yep. yep. So uh, lots of lots of things, um, but but yeah, the the charming baby being Dorothy's kind of been bounced around, and so <clears throat> what I was thinking is the baby <clears throat> is taken, stolen something, and then Emma has to save Dorothy to do the saving of everybody else. So yeah. I mean, but here's the here's the funny thing. So do you honestly think the Charmings are going to name their kid Dorothy? I, I Especially know. if they know the book and the story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, somehow I don't think that's going to happen. But it, it would be interesting if she's the Dorothy figure. She wouldn't necessarily be named Dorothy, but she could be the Dorothy figure. And, and maybe this new Call baby. Call Yeah. I doubt they'll do that even. Okay. <clears throat> so. Uh, but, but if that's the case, then how is she going to grow up fast enough to do anything? Uh, they they grew August up and down and all around and that was magic. Thing. I'm just okay. All right. Okay. Very good point though. But it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Absolutely. Maybe there is a Dorothy and we don't know her. Maybe she was sitting somewhere in the whole, you know, group of people. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of people in that town hall. Yes, and I do. I I did think it was very devious that Zelina knew Snow White so well that uh, she kind of used that idea that she was so she was a princess and she had all these different servants and different things. And so her saying that she was a midwife would get snow would immediately click with that and say, oh, well, I need some help mm-hmm. because they don't have servants in in Storybrooke. The, right. She had Johanna and and saw her and met her there. Right. But Johanna died. And so there was this kind of, she needed someone to help. And so yeah. Zelina is an opportunistic person and showed up right at the right time to fill Which that is, void. again, very reminiscent of Rumpelstiltskin. Rumpelstiltskin. Yep. Was there anything else that you... I mean, there'll be some points as we go through emails and stuff that may... Yeah, I mean, those are the big things that I I caught. um, Oh, the one thing that did kind of just stick a little bit in the back of my head, and I haven't really formed anything with it yet, is at the end when Rumpel grabbed her and said, you should never have brought me back. Brought him back from the dead. Mm. Brought him back from fairytale world. Brought him back from somewhere else. Right. Did he end up in Oz? And that's how she ended up going to the Enchanted Forest. And I mean, where is Oz, and how did she right. get What's the out of there? You know, has Dorothy kind of 
already done her work there? I, I don't know. We don't so know. There's a lot of we don't know. A lot of questions. <clears throat> and we're assuming that that the exact same story is going to happen. You know, the same stuff that happens in the real Wizard of Oz story that we know is going to happen here. And as we have seen, they put all kinds of twists on stuff, so it may not play out the same way. Yes. But I do, I mean, little things that stuck out to me were, you know, little one-liners. There was little, you know, looks that um, that really kind of caught my attention. Like, especially when, you know, Regina was talking to Henry at the end, mm-hmm. meeting him and talking about his love of school and blah, blah, blah. Yep. And when she said, your mother is very proud of you, Mary Margaret's in the background watching this. So you have technically four generations of this family. Mm-hmm. You know, talking. We're also assuming that that uh, Charming and Snow are going to have another girl. What if they have a boy? Hmm. Yeah. Very good. If they have a boy, what's going to happen with him? I, I do not know. That'll be interesting. It certainly will. Any more thoughts? Um, they'll probably pop in and out as uh, as we go along. Very good. This here be the social media squawks. And that includes comments on the blog as well. Just saying. We appreciate all you listeners. We also appreciate folks that connect to us on Facebook and Twitter. Mm -hmm. Go to the uh, blog, make comments, send us emails and voicemails. So this is just the social media squawks. This is where you kind of share your thoughts about certain things. So. Um, I already mentioned Tammy on Twitter. Thank you, Tammy, for letting us know uh, that Zelina was already in Regina's castle when she yep. got the blood uh, from the flying monkey in New York City Serenade. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad also left a comment on the blog about uh, Henry saying, yes, derezzed him yep. in Granny's. And uh, so derez is a Tron reference. Yep. For um, the resolution, and it was used in the 1982 film, which I saw in 70 millimeter back in 82. Okay. I think I went with uh, my good friend uh, Scott, and uh, from uh, he was from Alabama. We went there, saw Tron, big screen. Me and about four other people. I've never seen the movie Tron all the way through the original. It, it, uh, don't hate me for that. Well, no, I, I, I don't hate. Not you, the listeners. Oh, uh, it, I know we have some Tron fans. It was a tough watch, but the the effects were really ahead of their time, and to see it in uh, seventy millimeter on that huge screen was yeah. just incredible. I've seen snippets, but mm-hmm. I have never seen the whole movie all the way through. I have seen the Neutron though. Yes. Not the Neutron, the new <laughs> Tron. Um, really fast, and you know, I know that. This is not uh, as these main shows aren't as downloaded as the first thoughts. But I just want to say, Colleen, had a recent change in uh, jobs and uh, it's a good thing. Yeah, it is. So Colleen's a little more peppier and happier and I am proud of her. Peppier and happier. I am. I am very proud of her. And I just kind of wanted to share just that. Oh, thank you, baby. Right. All right, uh, so on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash O-U-A-T podcast, Cindy left a comment that the feeding the madness referred to Rumpel feeding Zelina's madness hmm. and not that Rumpel was crazy. He was playing 
crazy, but right. he wasn't crazy. Right. And I would agree with that. I would hope that's the case. Although it would be interesting if he really is kind of mad and they have to like kind of maybe Emma again will be the one to save him. Or maybe it's Bay that's going to relieve his madness if he really is mad. Lim- but I, I would say he is playing because we all, we all know Rumpel's a master at playing people. Sure. And we've already kind of talked about first and second born. Let me read a bit of her comment. And again, thank you for taking the time to do that, uh, Cindy. <clears throat> Rumpel was very specific to Cora when he told her he wanted her first born daughter as she will be important to him. Assuming Zelina is telling the truth about being Cora's firstborn, then it's my opinion that although he may not have known the specifics, Rumpel knew he would need Zelina at some point. He hmm. trained her in magic, and she's good at it. But he also trained her to come to him with her madness. He fed it then, and he feeds it now. She will do his bidding whether she realizes it or not. He will let her be in control only until he's ready to take back control to attain his ultimate goal, which is to get back to Bell and Bay. His tactics in, sh- in the short term let his opponent believe she is in control until he's in position to take command of the short uh, of the long term end game. So I think that's it'll be. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see that that's the case. And if, in fact, he did. Yeah, because we're assuming that it was Regina that was important to him, her yeah. firstborn. But and maybe that's the point is that he really believes he doesn't know. Maybe he doesn't know that Zelina's really his daughter. Maybe that's the case. Well, that, that could be. Uh, let me. You see what I mean? Because he would have assumed that Regina was her firstborn, mm-hmm. and that being the case, that's why he chose Regina. Had he chosen Zelina, on the other hand, let me let me read. Uh, she uh, she has a second comment here. Okay, uh, is Rumpel crazy? I don't think so, and here's why. Feed the madness; it feeds off you. Rumpel is referring to Zelina's madness, not his. This is exactly what he did to Regina. He fed her madness. He fed her obsessive thoughts of vengefulness. He fed her insecurities, and she fed off him. She came back to him over and over and over and fed off Rumpel's knowledge of magic. Regina was so obsessed with power and revenge that she made mistakes and never realized that she was actually being led to him to do his bidding and enact the curse. Feed the madness, it feeds off you is sung to the same melody as you will see you will come to me there is more you need regina came to gloat at rumple often which is the same thing zelina is doing they each wanted at some point to act to out magic the to out magic the magic teacher mm-hmm. so uh, right. interesting point very very good but so. i think what's going to i think what may transpire is that in his I believe he's acting crazy. I don't think he really is because he's far too, you know, smart for that. Mm-hmm. Which, again, actually is a better case for him being mad, truly mad, because they say that, you know, high-level IQ people tend to go a little crazy. Um, but point is, is that I think he is pretending this. But I think, again, he's he's missing a key piece of information, which is that... Zelina is his daughter mm-hmm. and that she is the true firstborn and that now maybe now he realizes it because maybe he's figured it out. And so because he's figured it out, now he needs Zelina to carry out the next piece of it, which is to help him get back to Bay and, and Belle. 
figuring in this new curse that Zelina has cast. There's a lot of secrets. You realize that Regina and Robin Hood are yep. around, but uh, Regina doesn't know who Robin Hood really is <clears throat> based on Tinkerbell, <clears throat> Tinkerbell, right, and all that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, and then if if what you're saying is true, and it could be uh, Rumple and Zelina, obviously not knowing who they are to each other, or uh, he Re- knows but she doesn't. Right? Regina and Henry. Again, it's right. a lot of this kind of uh, well, synapse. Well, Emma and Regina. Yes. Emma and Regina have a major, huge secret. Emma, Regina, and the, the Charmings yes. have a major, big mm-hmm. secret. So there's secrets all around. And, oh, absolutely. And, and it, it, it's very reminiscent of uh, <clears throat> right before the big, um, when Neil <clears throat> was there with uh, Emma and Rumpel and Henry, and the whole secret came out. Oh, right, right, right. And I, 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 that's probably going to happen at some point. Yeah, I think there's going to be a very big secret reveal, and it's going to be really crazy. And that's the thing is, if in fact, let's let's talk this through. If in fact, Zelina is Rumpel's daughter, and Regina's half sister, and Rumpel realizes it, what's that going to do to Zelina when she figures it out? Or does she know and Rumpel doesn't? Mm-hmm. And what's it yeah. going to do to him when he finds out? I mean, he 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 was surprised, or not surprised. Yeah, he was surprised by the fact that Henry was Bay's son. Mm-hmm. He didn't know. Yeah. So now, is he going to be surprised again? Yeah. Or is Zelina the one that's going to be surprised? Or is any of this even going to come to pass? Mm-hmm. I guess we'll just have to keep watching and find out. True. Hello again, everyone. This is Don Juanito. Do you need something from Amazon? If you do, like I do, I use store.onceuponatimepodcast.com. You type that in your address bar. You go to Amazon. You get what you want. And the podcast gets a little bit of a percentage. Just a little bit. And it helps us to keep going in the podcast. And you get whatever you want. So please, once you type that in and use the link, then save it in your favorite so you can go back again anytime you want to. You can shop on Christmas Day, Thanksgiving, any day, Thursday, Wednesday, Arbor Day, the day that you learn to tie your shoe and then you use an anniversary all the time. Please use that for us. Thank you so much. I see some email coming our way. Watch out. Here it comes. Oh, emails. Okay, so this is from Brad. It says, hello, Jeff and Colleen. Here are a few things I learned this week on the episode Witch Hunt, as well as more observations and burning questions. So watch your hands. Burning questions. Number one, Henry has a cinnamon kind of face. You know, I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> I agree with funny. Ruby. I agree with that Ruby. That was quite a funny line. I have and by the way, this episode was written by Jane Espenson. So that's that why a correct. lot of these one-liners are pretty hilarious. She's very genius with that. Number two, the city of Phoenix takes banditry very seriously. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> that was that was pretty darn funny. That reminds me of a little story where you tried to surprise me for my birthday, and because you didn't want me to get you know see people that were walking into the restaurant, you wanted to go over and go to a different restaurant. And when I asked you why, you said to smell the tortillas. Yeah, they make fresh made tortillas at that other restaurant, and, yeah. and that just that was a big clue, unfortunately. And that was because you tried to come up with an answer real quick and that was the first thing that came out of your mouth so i think it was very funny it reminded me of that when snow said banditry i would yeah i would i would not be a good spy i could not think of the right thing off the top of my head that's why i'm not a spy number three a cradle cap is a crusty yellow greasy scaly skin rash that occurs on the scalp of recently born babies who knew i know Actually, now a lot of people knew that i, I knew now but know. you know Number four, damn it, David. <laughs> Whale's a doctor, not a vet. So <laughs> that is true. Um, and and just to add this as well, uh, it's not on this list. I'm going to add it to. We saw uh, Doctor Hopper. We did. Yep. And then we didn't need a we didn't need grumpy translate or anything. Nope. Just nope. And by the way, Dr. as a little, since we're on that same scene there in the whole town hall, did you notice that our beloved characters that we obviously know and love, they were all standing up. The rest of them were all sitting down. Uh, didn't you think that was kind of funny? Mm. I thought it was funny. And it, actually, at one point, I thought, I wonder if in fact that was a plant that they all were told say this, say that, do you're you're all mm. in on this kind of a thing. Yep. <laughs> That's that's very good because they they could be uh, tricking the trickster. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry, Brad. I will continue yeah, on with sorry. your list here. Number five. Regina has a stuffed animal spell. Yes, she does. <laughs> she does, and I hope she stays away from build a bear, or build a monkey, or something. Mm. Number six. She needs to stay away from unicorns and other. Wonderful creatures like that. Number six, the Lollipop Guild exists. I knew it. Mm -hmm. I knew it. Mm -hmm. And they just need to watch out for the for the the sugar. Do you think the Lollipop Guild does more than just lollipops? Like, do they do other sweet treats, or is it really just lollipops? I mean, is there really that big of a a demand for lollipops? Well, they want to do they want to do gummy bears, but I have to think of another. Chewy bears or something. Well, yeah. I mean, I know, but you see what I'm saying? I mean, oh, Lollipop yeah, I Guild, it's mm-hmm. kind of one of those things you go, well, is that just lollipops or does that encompass all sweet treats? Just well, I asking. Don't know. We'll have to ask. I probably one of the listeners knows. It's like, well, specifically, I know that there's some, <laughs> I know there's some type of site out there, you know, Oz, Ozopedia. <laughs> that has this list. The Lollipop Guild not only deals in lollipops, but also, you know, they have this list. Yeah, because there were other guilds that I can't think of off the top of my head, but they were very um, broad spectrum, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. You know? But that one guy looked pretty grumpy. Had well, a frown yeah, on his face he was very, and, very grumpy. And a big lollipop, and he hit you in the head. Nope. <sighs> okay, I got to say, you ever been to Farrell's? Yes. Does anyone listening to me know what Farrell's is? Yeah. Farrell's, it was an ice cream parlor. parlor. Old-fashioned ice cream parlor. Uh, Old-fashioned. There was one in San Diego. Uh, there was one in Orange County. and they've, there were a couple of them, actually. Obviously, because of diabetes and obesity and all this, they've you know you can't go and eat a whole... Uh, they used to have they used to have the zoo and then yes. they used to, which was a massively huge bucket of ice cream that you'd share around. Right. I mean, like... 20 scoops it was ridiculous and and 
then they had the pig trough, which was, I want to say like five or six scoops. Of, I mean, it was a massive amount of ice cream. It was like cream. a Costco size. Yeah, uh, it was. Sundae. It was crazy. And mm-hmm. if you could eat the pig trough, whole pig trough by yourself, they made a big production about it. And and it, and then they shut down the they shut down the restaurants for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And then like a few years ago, they brought a couple of them back. Yep. So they're starting to pop up all over the place a again. There's a couple now in Orange mm-hmm. County, and yeah. and they wore straw hats and they played. Uh, Old-timey um, music. Old-timey music, and they had a, a player piano, mm-hmm. and you could actually choose what you wanted to hear and all this kind of stuff. And they had this fire bell. Yeah. And and for certain ice creams, like the pig trough or something, yeah. they would play this fire bell, and the guys would run back and forth and run yeah. it out on this thing. Yeah. It, so it was kind of um, – there's probably different restaurants around the, the U.S. Yeah. that have this kind of theme, fun theme, whatever it is. Right. But anyway, Farrell's is is that. And uh, so if, if you've been to Farrell's, if you know what I'm talking about, you know, whatever. But anyway, Farrell's probably has a, a um, website to check out. Anyway. But you were talking about Farrell's for some reason. Oh, that's right. Uh, it Because you're talking about uh, <laughs> Lollipop Guild. Yeah, this wasn't a free ad for Farrell's, I know. Please send me money, Farrell's. <laughs> no, they had these huge jawbreakers. Oh, bigger yeah, yeah. than your mouth. Oh, yeah. And I was thinking that's probably what the Lollipop Guild would make. Oh, yeah. You know. And Willy Wonka would try and sue them, but they still would make these huge jawbreakers. And you, you're so big, you know, the, the nine-year-old kid, you know, you give him one. It's like, what am I going to do with this? I cut one in half one time. Did you? I had a knife and I cut. There's gum inside. Oh, well, that's nice. You got to suck on it for like a month and a half. Right. But I mean, it's, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> hang in there, people. This is the main show. It's not uh, first thought. Right, so it's rabbit trails. Sorry. Eh, a little bit here and there. All right, so number seven, back to Brad's email. Hang in there, Brad. <laughs> we're, we're getting through it. Sometimes you have to take it, sometimes you have to take it in a little bit at the hips. Sometimes. <laughs> you know what? Especially if you lose weight. See? And and for me That's it's not so thing. much the hips that I am working on the hips, but my waist is where I'm having a I'm having a tough time finding pants that fit that fit over my hips and my waist. It's very difficult. You are right doing now. well with your yeah. trying. exercises. Trying. All right. I'm proud of you. Okay, number eight. A flying monkey tail could go up against Indy's whip any day. And that's true, man. Yeah, it could. Whipping people around. Dude, through that orderly across the room. Yep. Number nine. Regina's not well-versed in cons. Well. No. Maybe Rumple didn't cover that. Maybe Rumple no. just covered, yeah. you know, that magical book with yeah. the spells. Number 10, when you have big news and you need the word out, Leroy is your man. Isn't that the truth? Tell a friend. <laughs> tell, tell a type. A type tell, tell a grumpy. grumpy. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, now here are Brad's observations. Is this a poppy flower like the ones in the field where Dorothy fell asleep? And he has a uh, screen capture mm-hmm. from Witch Hunt that this it was on Regina's table. And it looks a lot like a poppy. I'll oh, tell you. Okay. So, and that's a possibility. Zelina said black pearl to herself as she was looking at the necklace on Regina's desk. It's interesting to note that the black pearl is the Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, was she okay? Was a, okay. Black pearl in the Pirates of the Caribbean was originally called Wicked Winch. Mm. Just a coincidence. Oh, interesting. See, I thought it was a shout out to Lost, but that's very, very interesting what Brad brings oh, up. Oh, yeah. And it could be. Yeah. 
Yeah. Cause, uh, but it wasn't the Black Pearl in Lost. No, no, the Pearl uh, Station. Right, the Pearl Station. But what Black Rock. Black Rock? Was the That's ship another in one. That's Lost. That's a ship. Yeah. All right. Uh, New York Henry has an el- unhealthy addiction to playing video games. Yeah, he does play a lot of video games. Because he's a kid in New York. Yeah. In this century and this time frame. Yeah, it's kind of like one of those um, fantasy islands where you wish something and then you get the wish and it's not what you really wanted. Well, I mean, if you think about it, it's because, again, they don't know Storybrooke exists. That's why he plays the games. You know, it's, it's a natural thing because in this day and age, that is what kids do. They play video games. You know, I know some kids do read books and stuff like that and some of them enjoy that, but a lot of them would rather play a video game than read a book sometimes old guys do too Um, okay that's true (laughs) before and after a shot of the flying monkey that almost got roland Uh, i personally like the stuffed one way better so i'll include those uh, screen captures that brand little monkey uh sent out or minky as uh, inspector cluzo would say yeah the minky chimpanzee minky yes all right uh could zelina be keeping rumpelstiltskin in kansas you know, we kind of talked about that. Could this possibly be Dorothy's house? And he included a photo of mm-hmm. that. It's a very good question indeed, Mr. Brad. All right. Uh, so he continues uh, with his thoughts. Mary Margaret's book is called The New American Baby and Childbearing Guide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, not the Dr. Spock one. Uh, when Mary Margaret asks Zelina who were you back in our land? She tells her no one you'd remember. The answer is both true and false at the same time. Right. (laughs) Zelina is wearing the emerald necklace. Uh, Even when she's not the wicked witch, could this be the source of her power? Uh, Can she not change form without it? And so that could be possible, but also with the blood as well. So now here's, here's interesting. We didn't even pick up on that. And that's a great point. No one you'd remember. Right. Okay. She doesn't remember the year they spent in. So (laughs) so again, it's like uh, she, which which almost leads me to believe that she does encounter her at some point mm -hmm. in fairy tale world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And it reminds me, there were little comments like that in season one. Right, right. You know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I yeah. expect fully in the next few episodes, we're going to somehow see that they encountered each other in uh, fairy tale world while they were there. And then, of course, now that they're here, she doesn't remember her because she can't remember the last year. Very good point. Here are Brad's burning questions. What does Alina want with Snow's baby? It's a very exactly. good question. Exactly. Since we saw that little John was turned into a monkey, did the same thing happen to Walsh? Okay. And that would be another question. We we kind of thought that that was perhaps the case. Is that was Walsh? Uh, you know, was he the Tin Woodsman? Was he mm-hmm. you know somebody else? I I still uh, you know look I I I change hands on all my little pet theories, and my one is that. Uh, Zelina changed Walsh into a monkey the same in the same manner that Regina changed the genie into the magic mirror. 
possibly. Because of uh, Walsh's love uh, for Zelina. That's, again, just my possibility. opinion. I mean, for all we know, he was, you know, somebody in Oz. Maybe he was the wizard in Oz, mm. and she overtook him and overpowered him. And maybe that's the point. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's possible the uh, the Wizard of Oz is actually somebody else, and maybe that's her father. Right. But I'm more inclined to think that Rumble is her father, and I'm more inclined to think that that the Wizard of Oz, as in the book, was just a fake and a phony who knew how to kind of bluff and play tricks and make himself appear to be something he wasn't. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you see where I'm going with this? Yeah. So maybe Walsh really is the Wizard of Oz, who's not really a wizard at all, but just somebody who ended up trapped there. And so because of that, you know, she's kind of trapped him into being the monkey. A W is an interesting letter also. I mean, besides being well, the head flying yeah, monkey in exactly, the film. Exactly. Uh, all right. So um, is... Zelina really Regina's sister. The way she justified herself points directly to her using the bottle with Regina's blood to open the crypt. And that's still open for discussion. Well, and that so. that is open for discussion. But at the same time, I mean, we're assuming that that door... Regina never said that was the only way into the castle. True. And so yeah. having that door to the crypt open... Again, I, I, there, there's, there's so many ways this could go, mm-hmm. and there, there's the possibility that, in fact, the only way to get into that door was through, through use of blood, which she got afterwards. But that doesn't mean you couldn't get in the castle. I mean, again, I'm, she flies on a broom. Yeah. She flies away. In, and so if well, she can get in over the top, yeah, there's nothing but, that but, says, but, you know what I mean? Well, but that's kind of their, their point was over, above and stuff and, and, and through on, on ground level. That's almost impossible. She but put, there is a way. She uh-huh. put the shield up. That's All what right. I'm saying. Okay. So before she put the shield up. Right. She got in there. Yep. How? And I don't know if it's the blood. And that's where it's... This is this is making this so, like, really, like, uh, can't wait for the episodes to, to play out because it could go either way. Right. And it would be epic either way. And did, didn't Little John look like Hurley to you? He totally did. Okay. With he the, totally did. Well, as, as some people who don't know Lost, Andre the Giant. No, not Andre. What was his name? Anton. Yeah, Andre the Giant. That's, <laughs> Andre the that's Giant was wrestling. Princess Bride. Those, those yeah, are wrestling Princess fans Bride. are going, what, what? Yeah, no, no, Andre no. Andre the Giant. Anton the Giant. Yeah. He, that's who we're talking about. He looked a lot like him. Yeah, there's so many rabbit trails I want to go on Maybe today. Maybe he's a brother. Yeah, could be. Maybe he's a brother that got that's shot down. That's a good point. Oh, I think this is the way we need to handle theories. I think we should name every character that should and say, "Oh, we think so and so is this. We think so." So at the end, we'll think all of them are everybody, and well, we'll yeah. be right. We might be on say some. We were right. No, but I it just yeah. <laughs> I know. Let's move on. Does Rumpelstiltskin still have his dark one power? If he does, the cage could be hindering it, like it did with the prison in the first season. Quite possibly. Possibly. Quite. Possibly. Um, also, if he is in Kansas instead of Storybrooke, this could also make him powerless. That's another. And good that's point. a that's a possibility. But man, getting him from Kansas to Storybrooke real quick. Yeah. That's an interesting possibility, I suppose. What did Zelina want with Cora's crypt? Because she specifically mentioned that in her little. I've seen this. I've seen that. I've seen your crypt. Right. And actually, if that's the case, 
I would suspect that the reason she wanted the crypt, and I don't think it's that she wanted the crypt. I think she just used that as information to play on Gina or play on Regina's, you know, emotions. Again, Regina's emotion, her, her mother is, her mother's crypt is below the castle. It's very distinctly, um, you know, laid out there. And wait a minute, Cora's not in there. Right. Cora's not in there. Mm-hmm. What's in there? We'll have to find out. I mean, don't you, do you see where I'm going with this? Right. Cora's not in there. That was when Regina thought she had killed her before. Remember? Right. Yeah. Because Cora died. Well, really maybe, died maybe she in put Starbuck. her there after, uh, I don't know. Maybe, How would possibly. she have done that? I, I mean, I suppose it's possible, but that crypt was uh, she had. Remember, she had that. She yeah. had that. She she right. said goodbye to her mother in that crypt, and Cora was still kind of alive. You are absolutely correct. So again, yeah. there's nothing in that crypt. So okay. what's in there? What's in that room? Why would Regina, you know what I mean, keep that there? Especially because she enacted the curse, if I'm not mistaken, after she realized her mother was dead, hmm. right? Yep. So. But but why does why does Zelina want or need the crypt? Because I think it was a, a way to play on her emotions. Again, that was what my original thought was from first thought was that she knew that Cora was dead and she knew the name because it's plastered all over the side of the the, the coffin mm-hmm. or the sarcophagus. She's got that there. All she has, and it says beloved mother. I mean, I, I don't even know how. I mean, that's that's like that's kind of like usual suspects seeing things around the room and starting to use that in your story. Right. I, that's all I'm saying is that. That's what I'm saying. There's two possibilities here. Either she was telling the truth and they really are sisters or she was lying her little butt off mm-hmm. and she used that as a way to feed on Regina's insecurities. Yep. All right. We are we are going long and I'm trying to um, keep keep moving forward. Sorry. Uh, right. Not you. There's just so much to talk about. I know. And I, I do. I care about the persons, the, the listeners. Time. Time. Uh, So Ryan has a fantastic theory that he's put together about Regina being Dorothy. Um, Please go to, again, onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 210. You will read that. Uh, He's got some very good points. He's talking about the episode, The Doctor, Mm -hmm. and how... Uh, you said we're off to see the wizard. Right. How she was dressed. Right. That kind of a thing. I think. I think he has some great points. Uh, you know what? Without even knowing what he said, that's not a bad theory. Yeah. Yep. Because I mean, we all think it's Emma. We all think it. You know, I mean, now the question is, oh, could it be Snow and Charming's newest baby? What if it's Regina? What if she is the Dorothy figure? Yep. And um, so, <clears throat> at the end of his email, he says, "After all, once once his core themes are love, hope, and family." And um, so, great, great thought. Uh, Mai's email, <clears throat> she sends in, uh, sends in that, uh, what if Maleficent was the one that killed Maid Marian? Or she was killed in the crossfire of the problem between the Merryman and Maleficent caused by Will stealing the looking glass, which she's referring to once upon a time in Wonderland. Correct. So, uh, that could be, you know, a Maleficent could have had a part in this um my also felt it was interesting how roland was bringing uh, robin hood and regina together uh, right very good now point. here going back to going back to um regina means queen we know that that's like 
type of thing. Yep. But the meaning of the name Dorothy is gift of God, and there's related names. You ready for this? Theodore, Dottie, Theodora, Dot, Doreen, Dorothea, Dorothy, and Dorothy. It's different spellings. Mm-hmm. But Theodora is really interesting because Theodora is a name of one of the sisters in the uh, the uh, Oz Great and Powerful movie that just uh, came out right. last year. Yep. So that's interesting. All right. Uh, so I will also post uh, my email as well. Uh, she also was mentioning that it was interesting that Hook got punched the first time for walking into uh, the Charming's house, and now he's actually kind of a part of the family. <clears throat> and uh, that's great. That's a great point. And also, I'll read one of her best lines because there were so many great uh, lines in the episode. Is that um, the one of them uh, that it was hard to hear? Uh, Regina said, who knew a thief had honor? And Robin said, who knew an evil queen had a soft spot for children? And um, that's kind of a nice exchange uh, yeah. between them. So please go to the uh, once upon a time podcast.com slash 210. That's really what it's there for is to kind of paste all this information in so that you can really read on your own mm-hmm. time and take another closer look. This is Dan from Boston. He has uh, a list of comments, uh, and it was—it's great to hear from him again. It's yeah. been—it's been a little while. Yeah. So Boston, Mass, uh, checking in. Thanks, Dan, for that. Um, Selena's uh, entry with Regina said, "Please allow me to introduce myself," which is very much like the Rolling Stones song "Sympathy mm. for the Devil." Mm-hmm. And. Um, also, Star Wars uh, reference Yoda's theme could be played when Regina was moving to Boulder. I totally missed that. <laughs> uh, Little John with uh, Chewbacca's crossbow, but also the accuracy of a stormtrooper. That's pretty funny. <laughs> and uh, also number four, the odd uh, revelation, the Regina Selena sisters. Um, this breaking out, uh, performing the sisters number from the movie White Christmas. I've never seen White Christmas. Have you? It's seen been a that? really long time okay. since I've seen it. I'll let that sit. I will have to check into that, uh, Dan, for sure. Number five, Selena slash Witch going to the storm cellar just like before the Twister hit in Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. and also the movie Twister. Yes. Yeah. Uh, number six. Here's a big one: the Gold Rumpel reveal in a cage again. Yep. Uh, I was good to see him, but why the dark one again? Thought he gave up that role. It's a good point. Uh, may, maybe he'll go from the dark side to the light side. Uh, Gandalf the gray to Gandalf the white, not to Gollum or Salicious Crumb, <laughs> who laughs all the time. That's a funny <laughs> connection, too. Number seven, uh, Feed the Madness and It Feeds on You reminds me of the Star Wars character. Uh, brought back in seasons four and five of the Clone Wars, of which I have not seen, that of Darth Maul, half man, and he was in uh, Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, if you haven't seen this reincarnation, I'll be sure to attach a link to the YouTube video so you can see what I'm getting at. Brilliantly voiced by Sam Witwer, Smallville, and being human. Hmm. Yeah, go ahead and send that over. Yeah, and that'd be great, and I'll include that here once I get it. Finally, Ponderlings, who's Wicked's daddy? Are the writers giving us hints or making us chase down rabbit holes? Your thoughts, Jeff, Colleen, Peace, Dan from Boston. Thanks, Dan, so much. 
Yeah, I think I think I, I think it's both. <laughs> I think they're giving us hints and they're making us chase down rabbit holes because there's so many possibilities. Absolutely, and so I'm looking for this to play, and this is from our good friend Erin Stegeman, and she was so great to record ten things that she has in common with. Well, I'll let her tell you. Hey guys, it's Erin Stegeman. You may know me as Emma and the creator of the Once Upon a Time fan fiction web series, Once Upon a Anonymous. I'm going to do something a little bit special since we're raising money for our Once Upon an Anonymous rock opera, which you can go check out at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash O-U-A-A rock opera. Lots of cool stuff on the site, videos and fun stuff we're giving away. So please check that out. And in the meantime, I'm going to give you this little podcast, kind of uh, comparing myself and the character I spoof, Emma Swan, and also the things that I have in common with Jennifer Morrison. So top 10 things that myself and Emma Swan have in common. Number 10, I spent a significant amount of time on Neverland as well. I played Little Flower in the musical Peter Pan with the Family Theater Company. Number nine, I've also moved around a ton as well as Emma has. At one point, I moved five times in two years. That was a very, very awful experience. (laughs) Oh, New York City. Number eight, we have both spent time in Maine for the sake of a loved one. Number seven, my dad's name is Dale, but it was misspelled on his marriage license as Dave. So technically, technically... Emma and I both have dads named after some form of David. (laughs) Legally, technically. Number six. Emma might just get hooked this season, but I'm currently engaged to the actor that plays Hook on OUAA. His name is Ace Marrero. There's even a Twitter hashtag that was started by a couple of our fans. That's hashtag the real Captain Swan, which is very sweet. Number five. Each of us have called New York City home at some point in our life. And that word was some point in our life. I coughed a little during that. (laughs) Okay, number four. We both have blonde hair and blue eyes. Number three, our last names are after animals. Mine is uh, after the dinosaur, Segasaurus, which was also a really fun nickname that I had growing up. And number two. We both have the same initials, ES. And number one, we were both born the same year, 1983. Dirty 30. Thank you again, Aaron, for that. Very cool. I kind of feel old. Yeah. (laughs) But that's okay. It's a good thing. (laughs) Now, I mean, did you hear... Yeah, Emma Swan she has, when she was she talking. Has, there were definite definite tones and quality to her voice that that did sound a lot like Jennifer Morrison. I, I will tell you, and you know, I'm I'm not trying to be weird, but sometimes when I watch, especially the latest episodes of Once Upon a Time, I hear her. Oh, do you? Oh, that's oh my funny. gosh! So it's like, anyway, yeah, very very you, similar. Thank you, Aaron, so much, and again, yeah. congrats to you and Ace. Yeah. Uh, you guys were so good uh, to come on and be interviewed. Uh, just so special, so cool. So keep listening to this podcast and you'll hear the other list. But you got to keep listening. Nice. That's all I'm going to tell you. All right. Uh, so this voicemail is from Mr. Brad. 
Bloody hell, he is alive. But more thoughts on that in a moment. There he is. Hello, Jeff and Colleen. This is Brad calling in to say Jane Epsonson did a fantastic job on this episode. In the diner, we saw Snow worried about having a baby. I thought it was strange at first until I realized she has never raised a baby before. She knows all about the pain of childbirth, but knows nothing of the joy of raising one. Then you have Emma, who will be an older sister for the first time in her life. How will this family deal with all the emotions that come with a new baby? It will be interesting to see if the writers address these feelings that would accompany a situation like this. I love how they are writing Jennifer's real-life pregnancy into the show. Since she is actually pregnant for the first time, the joy of having a baby will be genuine, and it's incredible that we can experience it with her in such a unique way. The first scene we have with Regina in Storybrooke is her seeing Henry again. The way it is shot is that we don't even see her until the crashing of glass. We then get a close-up of her face as she stumbles to get her words out while the whole diner goes silent. As she realizes that Henry doesn't even remember her, you can see the anguish on her face, and your heart just bleeds for her. It was a powerful and tremendous scene. I was about to go insane after I saw the townspeople go after Regina again. But having it all be just a ruse to find out who really cursed them was excellent. Regina and Emma working together, sitting in the bug on a stakeout and bonding with each other, I absolutely loved it. The relationship between Regina and Robin Hood is happening organically. I feel that if Regina knew this was the man with the lion tattoo, she would probably distance herself from him. So it will be perfect if she falls for him and then learns he is her true love. It will be great for Tinkerbell as well to know her actions were not for nothing. Usually the show has quick fixes to problems, but it's good to see that Henry still does not know who or where he is. I hope we get to a point where he starts questioning things so Emma can have the same conversations that he had with her. If only there was some type of book that had all the answers in it. Lastly, when we see Mr. Gold in the cage, I was shocked to hear him speak like Rumpelstiltskin. It seems he has gone crazy, though. Is this why he acted in such an odd way after he became mad trying to find Bay? It was so weird to see him acting like the gold-faced Rumpelstiltskin, but still be Mr. Gold. This is the first time we have ever seen him like this, so I'm really excited to see where his story goes and where the Wicked Witch brought him back from. I need to know more, but until then, I'll just keep saying, you feed the madness and the madness feeds you. You feed the madness and the madness feeds you. You feed the madness and the madness feeds you. Love it. Brad, uh, thank you so much. Great thoughts. Yeah. Uh, great moments that you're you're touching on for sure. And uh, you are incredible because you time it perfectly. I know. <laughs> it's absolutely perfect. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. What cracks me up, too, is that he frequently says things that I've thought or come up with, and I have no, I don't listen to his voicemails in advance. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird hearing my own thoughts echoed sometimes. <laughs> Anyway, so, but I like it. It's good. Yes. Good stuff. And um, the the sibling relationship between Emma and uh, this new child. Yeah. It's going to be real interesting. It's going to be dynamic. very interesting. And the one thing I thought of, it probably could be very reminiscent in a way of uh, Zelina and Regina, if they are, in fact, siblings. So, again, we see another, right. another mirror of that. Potentially, yeah. So, uh, anyway, thanks again, Brad, for that. Oh, we didn't talk about one thing that I did kind of notice. Okay. Remember in the, um, and you just mentioned it. 
So the parallel would be that Zelina and Regina clearly, you know, Regina had her revengeful moments in Evil Queen, quote unquote. But then Zelina is wicked, which is supposedly worse, right? So you have the bad one and the sort of good one, right? That's mm-hmm. what's going on right now if yep. they're sisters. So are we going to see the same thing with Emma and this new baby? We've got Emma the savior. Is this new baby going to be not so good? And here's mm-hmm. why I'm wondering mm-hmm. that. Because when Zelina in Storybreaker reached out to touch uh, mm-hmm. Snow's stomach, yep. I heard a distinct sound under the music that sounded like infusing of something like she was putting something in there with Mm. the baby or doing something to the baby inside that's why i'm like all freaking out because i'm going what was that just my imagination did anybody else hear that is she did she do something to the baby Hmm. so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that yep all right, uh, so we've come to the end of our main show. <clears throat> it was jam-packed with all kinds of cool stuff. Yes. A little bit of rabbit trails. Sorry about that. I couldn't help myself this time. Yeah. Uh, but anyhow, so tomorrow, uh, when we're recording now, tomorrow we're going to be seeing The Tower. Ooh. The next episode. Which we know is Rumpel, uh, Rapunzel. Yes. Which that's going to be real interesting to see how that ties itself in. And are we going to see her in now Storybrooke? I don't know. I don't know. Is we'll, she going to be a hairdresser in Storybrooke, well, do you think? I, I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. But again, someone else in a tower locked away. We've seen so many of these people. Yeah. It's very, very sad. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> anyway, thanks so much for listening. However you listen, however you found us, we really appreciate it. Yep. Uh, if you're a new listener, uh, give us a little tweet. Yeah. Uh, Facebook post, something to, to let us know. Email, voicemail. Email, Anything. voicemail. However you found us, let us know. I, I know that some people are kind of real timid uh, about leaving a voicemail. Mm-hmm. And I, I get that. But a little tweet or email, just say, I don't want this read on the air, but I found you this way, that yeah. way, or whatever. Um, we love people that have listened since the beginning. We love people listening from the be- middle and even new listeners. So... We're just kind of interested of how you found us and um, that kind of a thing. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, we send big love out to everybody. And if you're having a rough time, uh, we send uh, extra to you. Uh, hang in there. Whatever you're going through, just hang in there and uh, take the big love that you need and then pass it on to somebody else. That's really what makes life worth living is uh, passing it on. And uh, so... Anyway, that's it. Yeah. So we will talk to you soon and uh, take care. And now I have to find, <laughs> I have to find the the end little Aww. thing I got to play. Oh boy, I'm not I'm not prepared as I thought I was. Well, mates, thank you for joining us for the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This be a Roni's own media production. We want to hear from you. Our website be onceuponatimepodcast.com. Our email be feedback at onceuponatimepodcast.com. Our voicemail line be 657-333-0626. So tell other oncers that this be the place to be. Until we sail again... 
Big love to you all, and we'll see you later. With me, good eye, of course. Thanks for listening. I told you to keep listening. And now... Ah, yes. We have the rest of Aaron's list. And I'm trying to find it quickly. Quickly. Okay. Ten things that I, myself, Aaron and Segman, have in common with Miss Jennifer Morrison... All right. Number one, we are both Midwestern gals. I'm from Missouri. Jennifer is from Illinois. We are right next to each other. We are both huge baseball fans. In fact, our favorite teams are rivals. I love the Cardinals and she loves the Cubs. The Cubs are terrible. P.S. Number three, um, we are both the oldest child and we each have a younger sister. Number four, we both studied English and theater in college. Number five, we have both been every single hair color <laughs> for roles on TV or theater. Number six, our favorite comedy is the same one. It's Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which is an awesome movie. Number seven, we both played the piano, sang in the choir, and were cheerleaders in high school. Go team. Number eight, we are both admitted terrible spellers. You can certainly ask my fiance how terrible of a speller I am. It is it is horrible. I've had to like heavily rely upon autocorrect. Number nine, we have both been to Disney World and Disneyland an ungodly number of times. We both grew up in families that went there on vacation a lot as kids, as adults, etc. I was just there last year, and in fact, my fiance Ace played Aladdin in the Disneyland musical show for three years. So I had kind of all access to Disneyland nonstop. I think I've gone more than anybody that I know, maybe second to Jennifer. And number 10, we both modeled for JCPenney as kids. I did a terrible fashion show for them once and I oh I think I I think I, that ended my modeling career. And then a bonus. So technically the David rule also applies here as J-Mo's real life dad is also named David. So again, technically, we both have dads at the same with a form of the word David on them. All right, that's it, guys. Thanks so much for listening to this quirky little podcast. Appreciate it. I'm going to give you guys some more podcasts as we keep raising awareness and funds for our rock opera. Again, please check out onceuponatimepodcast.com slash O-U-A-A rock opera. Or tweet us at O-U-A-T spoof. We love interacting with you guys. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see. We love hearing from you guys. So thanks again for listening and I will be hanging with you guys soon. Thanks. Thanks again, Aaron, for that. And I don't think Colleen knew about the uh, Aladdin thing. No, I didn't. That's really cool. So. I wonder if we actually saw him then. We probably did. Quite possibly. Wow. All right. uh, If we had only known. That's true. Well, we know now. Well, we know now.
So uh, <laughs> thanks again, Aaron, for that and uh, Ace and the cast mm-hmm. and, and, and all that. So uh, please, if you love parodies and you love Once Upon a Time, and I know you love Once Upon a Time, go check out what they're doing at mm-hmm. onceuponatimepodcast.com slash O-U-A-A rock opera. And they're raising money to do a fantastic rock opera episode of their parody of Once Upon a Time. Cool. So check it out. Donate. Let's get them to the goal. And let's enjoy a good laugh and with our favorite cast and characters. Nice. So take care, everybody. This is goodbye for real now. And we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye. See you guys. Bye-bye.